is Lamed Dalit. Let's begin last two lines, Lamed Gimel Amad Beis. Says the Gimar, remember we spent yesterday focusing on focusing on the statement of Abaye. And Abaye was Abaye was referring to the was referring to the order of the order of the Avoda. So the Gimar we left off last two lines, Mincha. How do we know that the burning of the limbs of the Tamid comes before the Tamid, comes before the Mincha of how do we know that nothing should be done before the morning Tamid? Tamid Lomar. Let me make sure I started this. Again, Mincha. How do we know that nothing should come before the Tamid of the morning? Tamid Lomar, top of Lamed Dalid, Va'arach Aleha Es Ha'ola. So the Torah says, because it says you shall arrange on it, on it ultimately being the pyre. Vi'ola, Va'amarava Ha'ola, Vi'ola, what does that refer to? Hi Ha'ola Rishona. This refers ultimately to the first Ola, i.e. the Tamid. Look at Rashi Rebosai. Tamid Lomar, Va'arach. Here's what's interesting is the following. The fact that the Gemara says, the fact that the Torah says that you shall go ahead and arrange upon it the Ola indicates that everything regarding the carbon Tamid must be done first in the morning. Therefore, what the Gemara is suggesting over here is that's why the burning of the limbs occur before the offering of the mincha related to the tamid, because ultimately anything to do with the carbon tamid itself precedes all of the secondary pieces. So for example, the mincha that's brought together with the tamid is considered to be a secondary piece. And ultimately the mincha, the carbon mincha, comes before the chavitin. I'll say, remember, chavitin is also a type of mincha, but it's the mincha of the Kohen Gadol. So the Gemara says over here that the mincha comes before the chavitin. How do we know that? Because the Torah says Ola Umincha. Because the Torah says Ola, the carbon, and then the Mincha, which indicates that what? That the service that must immediately come after the actual burning of the limbs is the Mincha itself. And therefore, again, we learn from here that the Mincha <coughs> must come before the Chavitin. Vichavitin Linesachim. excuse me. And how do we know that the Chavitin, the Chavitin, which again is the Mincha offering of the Kohen Gadol, comes before the Nesachim, the wine libations? Shum Mincha. Because Rabbi said the Chavitin also has the name Mincha upon it. So since Chavitin has the name Mincha, and since the Torah itself indicates that the Mincha comes after the Karban, so therefore again, the real Mincha, i.e. the Mincha comes first, the Chavitin comes second, and then the Nesachim come after that. Unisachim lemusafim, and the Nesachim come before the Musafim. This is obviously only on a day where there is a Musaf offering. Where do we know that from? Zevach unisachim. Because the Pasik says you will bring the carbon and then afterwards the libations. So the Gemara says the following. So Zevach Unisachim. So the Gemara says, so what that indicates is that first you have that which is related to the carbon, and then ultimately only afterwards do you have the libations. Umusafin, umusafin, which indicates again that the libations have to come directly after the processes of the Tamid, which by definition places it before the carbon musaf. And the Musafin comes before the Bazikhin. Remember, the Bazikhin represents the burning of the two, the burning of the two, um, 
like you might find it the ladles or spoon. It's not really a spoon. Okay, we'll call it ladles of the lavona of the frankincense. Remember, this was done each and every week, and they changed over the lechem upon him. They would burn the lavona on the mizbeach. So the Gemara says, umusafin lebazichin. I you have to burn the musafin before the 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 bazichin or for it. But but we learned elsewhere, bazichin kodmin lemusafin. I but we learned elsewhere that what that the bazichin come before the musafin. Tanaihi, in reality, it's a machlokes. Tanoim, Rashi says, Tanoihi, Rabbi Shmov, Rabbi Akiva, Pligiva, Bepsochim, Beperek, Tamid, Nishka. So machlokes, Rabbi Shmov, and Rabbi Akiva, in Psochim, about the correct order. See, here again, according to Abaye, he's saying ultimately the Musaf comes before the Bazichin. We have another price that says that the Bazichin come before the Musafin. Amr Abaye, Abaye says, Mistabra, Kiman, the Amar, Musafin, Kodmin, Lebazichin. So Abaye says it would appear that the halacha really follows the one who holds that the musaf comes before the bazichin. Why is that? Lav mi amrit baboker baboker lahaktim. Because remember, as we said before, I both said this this we had this yesterday that when the Torah uses the phraseology of baboker baboker two mornings, so that phraseology is there to impress upon us a precedence. So when you have something that has boker twice, that means essentially it's done earlier in the morning. So to Abai, it says, It says over here, Bayom, Bayom, La'acher. This is very interesting. So apparently, again, by the Bazichin, by the Bazichin, the Lashon of the Pasuk is Bayom, Bayom. Look at Rashi. Rashi says over here, Bayom, Bayom, Shabbos, Yachanu. The Lashon, Bayom, Mashma, Boor, Otsum, Hayom, Velobe, Bakro. So it's very interesting. So Abai says, just like Baboker, Baboker teaches you that you should do something early. Bayom, because what's the difference between Baboker and Bayom? So according to Rashi, Yom represents a time of day where the light is already more established. The sun is stronger, which will ultimately mean later on in the day. So Abayi says, very quite interesting, just like Baboker, Baboker teaches us precedence, so ultimately Bayom, Bayom teaches us which comes later. So Abayi therefore says like this, Abayi says it would appear to me that really the proper order is Musafin before Bazichin, why? Because ultimately, apparently, by the Bazichin, the Torah uses Lashon of Bayom twice, which indicates that the Bazichin should be done later on in the day. So the Gemara says, My time demand the Amar Bazichin Kodman the Musafin. So I, so if that's the case, so what is, so now we understand why one would hold that Musafin would come before Bazichin, because Bazichin has Bayom Bayom, Musafin does not, and therefore Bazichin is later on. Again, remember, Bazichin is the two, the two ladlefuls of Levona, of frankincense, which were placed on the Shulchan each and every Shabbos, and on the subsequent Shabbos, when the Lechem, when the bread was removed, the Levona was burned on the Mizbeach. So now I understand, according to Madarba, it says Musafin before Bazichin, because Bazichin has Bayom Bayom, However, my time and demand Amr Bazichin Musafin. But now, what is the logic of the opinion who holds that the Bazichin come before the Musafin? So the Gemara says, because you also remember, if it says Bayom Bayom by Bazichin, so why would you put it before the Musaf? So the Gemara says, Gamar Chuka Chuka Mechavitin. Oh, there's a Gzer Shava of Chuka Chuka from the Chavitin. Look at Rashi. Look at Chuka Chuka. Rashi says, <laughs> by the Chavitin, remember again, the Chavitin is the carbon mincha of the coin Godel, even though what, what's unique about it? It's the carbon of the coin Godel, yet, yet, it need not be offered by the coin Godel himself. Interesting idea. So the Gemara says, so look at Rashi, Chuka, Chuka, the Chavitin Ksiv, Chak Olam Lahashem, Khalil Taktar. 
right? So ultimately, again, by the Chabit in the Torah says that it's a Chak Olam, it's an everlasting statute. Ubebazich in Ksiv, Kodesh Kadoshim Hu Lasha, Hu Lo, Meishe Hashem, Chak Olam. So it says Chok, it says Chok by Chabitin, and it says Chok by Bazichin. So Rashi has off by saying, Ba'akula Milsakoi, the Gomrin Minei, Shetaktim Lemusafin Kechabitin. So we'll say, so the Gemara says, the Xerushava of, of Chuka Chuka, which is really Chok Chok from Chabitin, teaches us the following that just like Chabitin <coughs> precedes the carbon Musaf, so, so to what? So to Bazichin should precede the carbon Musaf as well. To which the Gemara says, well, if you're really going to say that, Ime Hasam Gamar, if you really learned it out from there, Ligmare Kula Mil Same Hasam. So I will say, again, why don't you say, if that's the case, then why don't you take that Xerish Shava the full way and say that what Rashi points out, that just like, just like Chavitin precedes the Nesachim, so to what? So to, so to, I'm sorry? No, no, look at, look at Rashi. Rashi says over here, he says, uh, uh, just because like the Chavitin precedes the Nesachim, so too ultimately the Bazichin should proceed should proceed in a Sachim as well. Meaning again, if you're going to equate them, so why don't you equate that? That's usually what Xer Shavu does. Xer Shavu certainly creates an equality. To which the Yemar says, No, no, no. La Haki Ahani Bayom Bayom La Acher. So it's interesting. They both say. So this other man, the Amr, will say like this. Other man won't say like this, that you have a double drasha. What's the double drasha? <laughs> so on one hand, you have the Xer Shabbat Chuka Chuka, which tells you what? That Lemaisa, that Lemaisa, just like, just like Chavitin, just like Chavitin precedes ultimately the, the Nesachim, so so too again, excuse me, just like, just like, the, right, the Chavitin precedes the Nesachim, so so too the Bazichin will precede a service as well. What service does it precede? It precedes the Musaf. Aye, but maybe again, Maybe, maybe you should also go ahead and proceed in a sachim, just like the chavitin themselves, to which the Gemara says, well, you can't ignore the fact that what? That it says, bayom, bayom, by the bazichin. And bayom, bayom establishes what, Rabosai? Establishes that it's a ladder procedure. So because it's a ladder procedure, so, so you, it's almost like you have a tension over here. On one hand, the Gizir Shavav Chuka Chuka wants to ultimately bring the Bazichin back in the order of the day, but Bayom Bayom wants to bring it later in the day. So the compromise ultimately is that it'll come after the Nesachim, but it'll come before the Musaf. So I fundamental Machlokes as to the proper order. The Rambam Paskins, by the way, like this last order, that the Musaf, that the Musaf comes, like, that the Musaf comes before the Bazichim. Okay. So the Gemara says the following. Kitor, Gemara goes on. Kitorah shal shachar haisa kareva bein dam le'ivarim. So remember, now let's go back to the Mishnah. So the Mishnah said that the morning Kitores was offered between the blood and the Avarim, the sprinkling of the blood and the burning of the limbs <coughs> on the Mizbeach. So the Gemara says money. Whose opinion does this reflect? Irabonon, if it's the rabbis, bein dam le'neros. Then in reality, we've already established that according to the rabbis, according to the rabbonon, the morning Kitoras was offered between the sprinkling of the blood and the arrangement of the menorah. So the Gemara, Ben Dalaneros, you buy late. I Abashol, and if it's Abashol, Ben Neros Le'ivarin. Then in reality, the morning Kitoras was brought between the arrangement of the candles and the offering up of the limbs. So what I say again, so the Mishnah doesn't seem to reflect any of the previously established opinions. Because the Mishnah is saying what? 
that the Torah Shashachar was offered up between the blood application and the burning of the limbs, to which the Gemara says, Li'olam Rabbananhi. In reality, it's the Rabbanavosa. Now, this answer is actually somewhat shocking. The Gemara says, Ubisidra lo kamairi. The truth is, the Mishnah reflects the view of the Rabbanan, and therefore, again, the proper placement of the Ketoris is between the sprinkling of the blood <coughs> and the arrangement of the menorah. Aye, but it doesn't say that in the Mishnah, because the Mishnah is not getting hung up on the order. I will say, the reason why this is so strange to us is because we've just spent the blot of Gemara speaking about the order, but truth be told, that's not the subject of the Mishnah. The Mishnah is naturally talking about the person. The Mishnah is talking about the Avodah of Yom Kippur. It's not as much talking about the precise order of the Avodah of the day. So the Gemara's essential answer is the Lashon of the Mishnah is imprecise regarding the order, but Lemaisa reflects the view of the Rabbanan. Okay, not, not, not a very satisfying answer, but an answer nevertheless. Sometimes the answers to our life questions are not <laughs> satisfying, but it's what we have to make do with. So says the Gemara, Remember, Ketores was offered twice. Ketores was offered twice. I'm sorry about taking up your space, Sophia. Ketores was offered twice. So the afternoon Ketores was offered between the burning of the limbs and the Nesachim, and the libations. So the Gemara says, How do we know that the afternoon Ketores was offered in between the burning of the limbs and in a sochim. So the Gemara says, Amr Rabbi Yochanan to Amr Kra, because the Pasuk says, Keminchas haboker ukinisko ta'aseh. Like literally, like the mincha of the morning, and like the nesach, so shall you do. The Rebbe said, remember, this is talking about the afternoon tamid, right? The Pasuk reads, Ve'asakeves hasheni ta'aseh ben ha'arbaim. The second keves, the second lamb, you shall go and offer in the afternoon. This is the tamid shabbain ha'arbaim, the, the tamid, the communal sacrifice of the afternoon. <laughs> Like the mincha of the morning and like the nesach of the morning, the wine libation of the morning, shall you do. So the Gemara says, what does this mean? Ma mincha saboker, ketores kodemes linesachim. Now, Bosei, here's what's interesting. The Gemara's understanding over here that the word mincha in the context of this pasuk doesn't just refer to a meal offering, but rather what? refers to the general sacrificial process. And therefore, what the Torah is saying is that the sacrificial process of the morning should mirror the sacrificial process, excuse me, just the opposite, the sacrificial process of the afternoon should mirror the sacrificial process of the morning. And therefore, what does that mean for our purposes? Just like in the sacrificial process of the morning, the Ketores comes before the Nesachim, Afkan, so too in the Tamid Shlabein Rabbah, in the afternoon sacrifice, Ketores Kodemes Linesachim. The Ketores comes before the libations, to which the Gemara says, well, one second. Ima lahalon Ketores Kodemes Leivarim. Afkan Ketores Kodemes Leivarim. Aye, but maybe you'll say that therefore, just like in the morning, the Ketores comes before the burning of the limbs. So too in the afternoon, the Ketores should come before the burning of the limbs. Aye, but me ksiv ke'evari haboker. Kiminchas haboker ksiv. To which the Gemara says, no, no, no. In that, in, that respect, in that respect, it's different. That the Torah doesn't say that the afternoon should resemble the morning in terms of the limbs. Rather, it just simply says, and not So therefore, the Gemara's understanding is that refers really to all of the processes 
aside from dealing with the actual body of the carbon. And therefore, so again, in that respect, the, morning, the afternoon offering resembles the morning one, but in other respects, it does not. Tan Rabbanon. So we'll say the Bryce teaches the following. Benisko Rivi Isahin. So remember here, the Pasuk over here says, this is again also by the, by the Tomit. So the Torah says, Benisko Rivi Isahin, it's Neset, it's wine libation, will be a fourth of a hin. So what does this mean? And I will say what this teaches us is we learn out, we learn out the morning obligation from the afternoon. I'll look at Rashi for just a moment. Last Rashi on the Dab. So I will say what the Gemara is now suggesting is the Torah is much more explicit. In certain respects, by the by the tamid shall be around the afternoon tamid, than it is by the morning tamid. Therefore, the Gemara suggests that we learn out. Rashi says, just like this one, which this one ultimately means the afternoon, the afternoon tamid. Just like the afternoon tamid requires nesachim, requires libations. And by the way, you should also really put in here parentheses, umincha. Just like the more, just like the afternoon requires nesachim and a mincha. Af So to the morning requires nisachim as well. Amud base. Rebbe Omer Rebbe says, Arvis Mishal Shachris. Rebbe says, No, 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 no. We don't learn out the morning from the afternoon, but rather instead what? We learn out the afternoon from the morning. Look at Rashi. Rebbe Omer Shal Arvis Mishal Shachris. Dilakeves Haechod Adishachris Koi. Shine Emarbo Esakeves Haechod Tasebaboker. So we'll say, interestingly enough, you know, when it comes to, when it comes to the morning carbon, so the Torah doesn't call it the Tamid Shal Shachar, right? The Tamid calls it, the Torah calls it the Keves Ha'echad, the Keves, the one Keves, as opposed to, let's say, when it comes to the second carbon, it calls it the Keves Hasheni, but it says Ta'asebein Ha'arbayim. So the Gemara understands, Rebbe is going to explain this in just a moment, that when the Torah used Lashon of a Keves Ha'echad, Ha'echad means the one. What does the one mean? The one means that this becomes the paradigm for all communal sacrifices, for all daily communal sacrifices. So the Gemara says, Bishlam al Rabbanon, Hai Bitamid Shabain Ha'arbaim So according to the rabbis who say what? According to the rabbis who say that we learn out the obligation or the, or the processes for Nisachim, for libations, and for Mincha from the afternoon service. So that makes sense. Why? Because that's the passage talking about. Because the Torah says, Vinisko Rivi Isahin. The Torah gives the measurements, for example, for the Nesach, for the wine libation, where? By the Tamid Shlabayim, by the afternoon Tamid. So Lamais again says the Gemara, I understand, we'll see, there, even though there is a mention of it earlier. I see the Balkor is thinking already. We'll discuss that later on. So, so, so what's interesting over here to note is, according to the Rabbanon, since the Iker concept is stated by the Tamid Shlabayim Harabayim, that becomes the paradigm, and the morning Talmud is learned from that. That makes sense. Just that, just a simple derivation of the psukim. However, El Rebbe, my taima, but according to Rebbe, Rebbe, what's your logic? That Lamaisa, again, we learn out the afternoon from the morning, when in fact, again, the measurements for the libations are only written by the afternoon. To which the Gemara says, Amar Rabbi Bar'ula Amar Kra, La Keves Ha'echad. Because the Torah says, Torah says literally la keves ha'echad for ultimate because the here the pasuk also reads b'nisko rivi isahin la keves ha'echad so here it says rivi isahin by the one keves so the gemara says ezu keves shene emar bo echad 
What is this keves for which the Torah says, again, remember, I want to show you something interesting. I should have read these Yuraks, the Psukim. Just so you understand, the Pasuk for the carbon Tomit Shabbain Ha'arbaim, which is the Vesa Keves Hashem Itasabin Ha'arbaim, that's Pamidbar Chav Ches Ches. I don't know those Psukim by heart. I happen to have it written in my Gemara. I went to Yeshiva. I don't know Tanakh, just like the rest of you. Right? Or Chumash, that matters. So remember, so, so again, so that Pasuk is Perik Chav Ches, Pasuk Ches. The Pasuk of V'Niskor V'Yisrahim L'Keves Ha'achad and it's Nesach will be a, a, a quarter of a revius for the one keves, Bakodesh, is Bamidbar Chavches Zayin. So it's the Pasuk right before the Tamid Shalbein Harabayim. The ambiguity is what? Is what is that Pasuk attached to? Is that Pasuk <laughs> attached to the section of the Tamid Shal Shachar or the Tamid Shalbein Harabayim? The Rabbanon clearly feel that it's attached to the section of the Talmud Shalbein Ha'arbaim. So therefore, when, when the Rabbonon read this section, what do they see? They see that the Torah makes no mention of their measurements of the Nisachim by what? By what? By the Talmud Shalshacha, by the morning offering. And therefore, the only mention of the measurements is made where? By the Talmud Shalbein Ha'arbaim. If that's the case, the Rabbonon say, you see from here that what? That all of the measurements of the morning are learned out from the afternoon. On the other hand, Abayi says, what are you talking, excuse me, not Abayi, Rebbe, says, what are you talking about? You know what keves ha'echad means? The one keves? That is the Tamil Shal Shachar. That's not the Tamil Shal Bein Ha'arbayim. Again, Rebbe said, remember, if it would have just said keves echad, because remember, for example, it does say, just like it says, a keves ha'sheni, so if it would have said keves echad, the keves, that might have meant the afternoon carbon. But keves ha'echad, what we call in Hebrew, the hey ha'yediyah, Right, Ha'echad, the one, says Rebbe, that's Tamit Shachar. So according to Rebbe, therefore, the Pasuk that contains the measurements for the Nisachim ultimately is mentioned in context of the Tamit Shachar. And therefore, in Rebbe's model, the Tamit Shabbat in the afternoon Tamit is learned out from the morning Tamit. So again, El Rebbe, my time, what is the Keves for which the Torah says, Echad, the one? So that is the morning Tamid. So I'll say again, it's so fascinating. So what it comes down to is a machlokis as to really understand what this Pasuk is connected to. According to the Rabbanan, it's connected to the afternoon Tamid. And therefore, again, we have to learn out the morning from the afternoon. According to Rebbe, it's really talking about the morning because it's Keves Ha'echad. And therefore, we learn out the afternoon from the morning. The Rabbanan, my Echad, I so now I'll say, so the Shaila is. What do the Rabbanon do with this word, Echad? What, 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 how do they understand it? What does it come to teach us? According to the Rabbanon, this Pasuk is referring to the Tamid Shabbin Ha'arbaim. If that's, if that's the case, then why does the Torah throw in the word Ha'echad? Why is it necessary? Listen to this, to which the Gemara says, I'll tell you what we learned from it, Miyuchad Shabbedro. The Rabbanon Rabbos say, learn out that what? Ha'echad means what? Not just the one, it has to be the one. The one from what? The one from the flock. That when searching for the carbon tamid, you have to take the best animal available to you. Remember, we already spoke about there was a lishka, there was a chamber in the Azara which they kept animals for sacrificial purposes. So you have to take the best animal. So according to the Rabbanan, ha'echad really means the best. From the chamber? The best. To the chamber? From the chamber. They kept a certain number of animals ready there for sacrificial service each day. So from the chamber. Ha'miuchad <clears throat> Ha'miuchad and according to Rebbe, 
So, where does Rebbe learn out from this, this idea that Lamaisi, you have to take the best animal that you can find for the carbon tamid? See, he learns out from the Pasuk that says, from the Pasuk that says, uh, So, he learns out from the, from the phrase, Mivchar. Mivchar nidorin nafka. The Rabbanon, the rabbis will say, one second. So I'll say, so now remember, Rebbe learns out from, now what's interesting over here is the following. So the Torah says over here, And when you offer up your nether offering, you should give from the choicest of animals. So Rebbe learns out what is true, choicest is a word. It is a word. Yeah, it is choicest. Right? Legal counsel? Choicest. No, it's not. Okay, we'll talk. It's not. It's not. It's, it's, yeah. Okay, choiciest. That's, and that's my choiciest choice of words as well. Choiciest, choiciest would be good. Choiciest <laughs> is, even, is even better. Choosing better. Right. Right. It's the chosen of the choicest. Right. So, so, the, so, so the, the humor goes like that. The Gemara goes by. Thank you. The SAT course, well, review course, will occur after Dafyomi. So, so the, the Gemara says the following. I will say, so this is very interesting. So Rabbi learns out this concept that ultimately, that ultimately you have to take the best animal from Nedar. Now, what Rabbi, even though this is written in the context of Nedar, Rebbe's going to understand that Lemaisa, the ne- case of Nedar, just serves as a paradigm. Just serves as a paradigm. So Lamais, again, if you have to bring the best animal by nether, so you have to bring the best animal by the carbon tomate as well. So the Gemara says, I, what about the Rabbana? So we'll say, it's always interesting, Gemara, where everybody's bringing drushas, and the Gemara tries to understand what the other one does with the drusha. So remember, the Rabbana understand, the Rabbana understand, so, so let, 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 let's take this back from the beginning. So everything comes down to what you do with the phrase, Hakevesa Echad. Rebbe understands that the Echad refers ultimately to the, the, the Pasuk is referring to the Tamad Shal Shachar, and Ha'echad comes to teach me what? According to Rebbe, that Echad, it means it's Tamad Shal Shachar. What did the Rabbanon do with Echad? The Rabbanon understand Echad means Mufchar, the best. Where does Rebbe learn out best? Because Rebbe can't learn it out from Echad. Why can't Rebbe learn it out from Echad? Because Rebbe's already using it to teach you that it means Tamad Shal Shachar. So where does Rebbe learn out that you have to take the best animal? He learns that out from Mivchar Nidarecha, the best of your Nidarim. And even though it's written by Nidarim, Rebbe in the sense is giving me a paradigm that is applicable to other cases. I see now the question is, what do the Rabbanon do with Mivchar Nidarecha? The Rabbanon, Chad Bechova, Utsrichi. According to the rabbis, you're right, they agree with Rebbe. Mivchar Nidarecha teaches me that I have to bring the best of my animals for my carbon and dava as well. And guess what? The Torah teaches me the same concept in two different places. <coughs> so the Torah teaches me that I have to bring the best of my animals by an obligatory carbon. An obligatory carbon in this particular context is what? Is my carbon tamid. So the Torah teaches me that I have to bring the best of my animals by the carbon tamid. And the Torah also teaches me that I have to bring the best of my carbon elsewhere in the case of neder. And according to the Rabbanon, Srihi, you totally teach this by both cases because I would not have been able to learn out one from the other. Look at Rashi. Srihi. Yesh tzad notesh hanadavat tzarech liyafosa kadesh tisrat tzaladoron v'hakbalas panim v'yesh tzad notelomar shachol v'hamuteles tzarech lifrochol v'mishon. Well, listen to this. So one could have made a cogent argument either way about which type of carbon requires one to bring the best animal. One could have said that perhaps the communal offering must be the best, but my personal offering doesn't have to be the best. 
or one could have said a personal offering by definition requires a little bit more to gain you entry into HaKadosh Baruch Hu, whereas a communal offering does not. So essentially the Rabbanans say that you need to learn the same concept in two different, in two different cases because one could not have been learned out from the other. So Lemaissa, again, the fundamental machlok between the Rabbanan and Rebbe is what Kevas HaEchad refers to. According to the Rabbanan, it refers to the afternoon Tamid, and therefore the entire service of the morning Tamid is learned out from the afternoon Tamid. According to Rebbe, it refers to the morning Tamid, in which case the afternoon is learned out from the morning. What now the Gemara then the Gemara that goes on to say, according to Rebbe, Echad means that's referring to the morning. According to the Rabbanon, it means Miyuchad. Where does Rebbe learn out Miyuchad? From Mifchar Nidarecha. What does the Rabbanon do with Mifchar Nidarecha? That it has to be Miyuchad. And according to the Rabbanon, you need both Mifchar Nidarecha as well as a Kevesa Echad. One is to teach you that you have to bring the best of your karbanos when it comes to commu- best of the animals when it comes to communal offerings. And one teaches us that you have to bring the best of animals when it comes to personal offerings. Says the Gemara. So i going back to the Mishnah. The Mishnah said, remember, if the Kohen Gadol was old or was very delicate, he was a Mifunak. So what did the Mishnah say? The Mishnah, actually, the Lashon of the Mishnah was, the Lashon of the Mishnah was that they would go ahead, Mechamin lo chamin, umatilin Remember again, what the Mishnah said was, they would heat up water on Erev Yom Kippur, they would have hot water, and they would pour the water into the mikvah on Yom Kippur itself to heat up the water a little bit. So the Gemara actually has a different gear. So the Gemara says Tanya, actually, a Brisa. A Brisa records a little bit of a different process. Am Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda says, Ashashios shal barzel hayu mechamin me'erev yom kippurin. In fact, what they did is they had pieces of metal. Ashashios literally means like, like metal bars. Metal bars. And what happened? They would heat them up on Erev Yom Kippur. And what would they do? And what would they do on Yom Kippur itself? If the coin Gadol needed the mikvah to be a little bit warmer, see, he would go ahead and they would throw in the metal into the mikvah, hopefully before the coin Gadol got in there. Right? They, they would put the metal in the mikvah to heat up the mikvah a little bit. So the Gemara says, one second, but this is a malacha. What's the malacha, Rabbi This By doing this, you are strengthening the iron. Literally, it means forging. Forging, meaning part of the way in which you forge metal is, what do you do? You heat it up, and then you cool it down, and then you cool it down in water. So is this not considered to be a strengthening or a forging of the metal? Look at Rashi. V'halo mitzarif, Rashi says, Hanosin barzel When you go ahead and you put iron into the water, you heat it up, and then you cool it down, ultimately Rashi says, you strengthen it and you harden it. So we'll say, what's the malacha involved over here? The malacha involved would probably be like a makib patish, like a, deli- a, a finishing up of a kli or metakin kli. Not, not, not really a biblical malacha, but much more of just a, a rabbinic, not just, but a, of a rabbinic malacha. So Gemara says, but again, are you not forging the metal? Which is busy yeah. morning here today. Yeah. Right, so... Uh, so, 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 I, so, I, are you not going ahead and forging the metal? To which the Gemara says, What are we talking about over here? Where, look at Rashi, 
אף הפישה יונוסן בלילה בסוך כחלם לא חשוס, אינו בלובן כל כך שילו חיזק על ידי מעש. מה הם יעשו? אורג'ינלי אנחנו חושבים שהם יעשו את זה מעט 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 They would take it off the fire and let it cool down a little bit before immersing it into the mikvah. Apparently, again, the only time that real forging or hardening of metal <laughs> takes place is if the metal is hot right off the fire but, and red. But if you let it go ahead and cool down a little bit, no forging takes place. Abai or Abai says, no. Abai says, the truth is, we're not worried about this. Even if you would technically forge the metal, nevertheless, Abai says, Abai says, that's what? Even if you would end up forging the metal, we don't really care. Why? Because that's not your intention. That's not your intention. And Abai says, When you, Abai says, if you do something on Shabbos that results in a malacha, again, Leaving aside whether or not this would be a psik resha. We dealt with this extensively on Shabbos. Apparently, it's not a psik resha. Psik resha means something is definitely going to happen. So Abayi says the fact that the metal may become forged is inconsequential for us. Why? Because that's not your kavana. And Abayi apparently is saying that, that a davrashin miskavin, an miskavin, an unintended consequence is mutter on Shabbos. So for, again, we also remember the classic case that we have is where what? I want to drag my bench from here to here, and it may cause a furrow as I drag it. Digging a furrow on Shabbos. So I'll say, even just taking your finger and running it across soil is a malacha da'araisa on Shabbos of harisha, of plowing. But again, because, because it may or may not occur and because it's not my intended consequence, it's mutter. So Abayi says, the fact that the metal may or may not become forged is inconsequential because even if it ends up becoming forged, Ultimately, it's not my kavano. So the Gemara says, um So I'll say, it sounds like Abaye holds that a darvish in is is mutter. Aye, but does Abaye really hold this way? After all, Vahatanya, we learned, the boss says, very interesting, Bisar or Loso. The boss says, the Pasik says, on the eighth day, bless you, Yimo Bisar or Loso. You circumcise, you circumcise literally the flesh of the Arla. So the Gemara Darshan is out from that. Afilu b'makom shiyesham baheretz yakutz dev Rabbi Yosha. Well, it's a very interesting halacha. Let's say a child, let's say a child has tsaras right on the makom mila. child has tsaras on the foreskin. So we'll say the halacha is that under normal circumstances, you are not permitted to cut off tsaras. Let's say I have a tsaras blemish on my arm. I can't cut it off. You have to leave it. That's the halacha. It has to be examined. It has to be, it has to be analyzed. What happens, however, if there's saras on the foreskin? So what do you do in that kind of circumstance? So the Gemara Paskins, you do the brismila, even though what? Even though by doing the brismila, you're cutting off the saras as well. So we'll say the Gemara is actually from bisar or loso. You have, to, you have, on the eighth day, you have to remove the flesh of the foreskin. Essentially what the Torah is saying is, no matter what. The same way that Bayomashini means Afilu Bishabis. So so do bisar or loso means you remove that foreskin, even if there's saras on it. So the Gemara says, Vahabinan ba. So Mosai, the Gemara asks, we ask, Kra Lamali, and Mosai, the Gemara is learning this out from a Pasuk, because the inference is, the inference is, that had I not had a Pasuk, I might have thought that what? That the prohibition to remove Tsaras maybe trumps the obligation of Mila. And therefore, maybe Lamaisa, I have to wait to do the Bris Mila until the Tsaras issue is resolved. So the Gemara says, but the Gemara asks, why do you need a Pasuk? After all, after all, the Gemara says, oh, excuse me, look at Rashi, Kra Lamali, 
Basar le Rabos Hamanuga, the Mati le Michtav Yimal Arlaso, the Kos of Basar le Rabos, Basar Amar Benegoim, Adam Keba Arbasar. So, Bosai Rashi explains this a little bit more that the Torah could have just said, Vayomashmini, Yimal Arlaso. Why is that right, Bissar Arlaso? Because the word Basar is used in the context when talking about the afflictions of Saras. So, the Gemara is dashing over here, the Torah is giving me a little bit of a nuanced Russia that says, even if Basar, even if there's Saras on the Arla, you still remove the Bissar Arla so. So, so Rashi ends off by, and he says, Lamalikra, then I will say, again, Lemaisa, why do you need a Pasuk for this? If a Davashen Miskaven is really mutter, right? If an act with unintended consequences is really mutter, then what? Then Lemaisa, again, the removal of the Arla with Saras should be mutter. And I will say, the truth is, the question is a little bit flawed from the beginning. Why? Because it's a Psikresha, right? This is not just, this is not a classic case of Davashen Miskaven is an act that may or may not have an unintended consequence. And even if the statistical probability is that it will have that consequence, it's possible that what? It's also that it won't. That's Dervashen Miskavin. Something that will definitely occur is called the Psikresha. And normally, even those who say that the Dervashen Miskavin is Mutter will hold that a Psikresha is Asr. A removal of a foreskin with Saras is the definitive result that you move. But nevertheless, the Gemara is trying to bring out a point. But Amr Abaye, and Abaye says, Oh, I'll tell you. The Rabbi Yehuda, the Amr Dervashen Miskavin. Usser. Oh, Sabai says, I'll tell you why the Pasik is necessary. Because according to Rabbi Huda holds that a Davashan Miskavin is Usser. So according to Rabbi Huda holds that a Davashan Miskavin is Usser. Rabbi Huda therefore would say what Rabosai? That if the child has Saras on the Arla, then what? Then what? You would not be permitted to do the brismila. Comes along the pasuk in the Torah and says, "Bayomashmini yimol besar arlaso." Therefore, according to Rabbi Huda, the pasuk is necessary because the pasuk teaches you that even if there's saras on the basar, you still can remove the arla. But I will say, what's the problem? You have Abaye over here quoting Rabbi Huda, who says, "Davashenu miskavin azaser." But yet, Rabbi Abaye was the one who just said above that what? That you could throw the heated metal into the mikvah, even if it might become forged. Why? Because Dara Shinam is Kavin is Mutter. So Abaye, which one is it? To which the Gemara says, Hani Mili Bechala Torah Kula, Aval Hacha Tseruf Durabananhu. To which the Gemara gives a very interesting answer. Here's the difference. Abaye apparently holds that a Dara Shinam is Kavin is Asr when it comes to Doraisas. So Darvashinam is Kavin by a Doraisa Rashi says over here, Bechala Torah. Fine. So therefore, when it comes to the like removal of tsaras from your body, that excuse me, that's when Rabbi Huda holds the Davashin Miskaven is Usr. But when it comes to Dirabanans, rabbinic prohibitions, Rabbi Huda holds that Davashin Miskaven is mutter. Rabbi the act of throwing the metal into or placing the metal into the cold water, and therefore again potentially causing it to be forged, at most will be what? An Isr Dirabanan. Therefore, again, Rabbi Huda permits a Darvashin Miskaven in a case of an Isr Dirabanan. I will say what's interesting over here is if you look at the last two lines of the Rashi before the Mishnah, Rashi says, the Rashi just points out over here, the truth is you could circumvent this whole discussion very easily by saying generally rabbinic prohibitions don't apply in the base Hamikdash. For whatever the reason, the Gemara doesn't want to deal with this issue that way. Instead, the Gemara chooses to understand that Abaye has two different shitos. When it comes to Isurim Doraisa, biblical prohibitions, Dover Shinom Miskavin, acts with unintended consequences are usr. Therefore, I need a Pasuk in the Torah to teach me 
that I could be mal, that I could circumcise the child with its saras that's on the foreskin. Because otherwise, I would not be able to do that. Pasik tells me, therefore, yimol bisar or laso, basar, same word by saras. Even if there's saras on the foreskin, I could circumcise the child. But in this case over here by the Mishnah, even if you might, be, might come to forge some of the metal, that's darvish in a miskavin in a derabana, and therefore, excuse me, Abai holds that it's motor. Says the Mishnah. That's the Gemara assumes. Even though you could have just said that Abai is just quoting him, Vallelo Svirale, as the Gemara often answers, the Gemara doesn't answer it that way. Says the Mishnah, Well, so we continue now in the order of the day. They would bring the Kohen to the Parva chamber. I will say again, you could see, you could see, by the way, if anybody wants, if anybody wants, I have, um, I have a very good picture of the base Hamikdash that I um uh, like of, a, of an aerial view of the base Hamikdash. They actually took a picture of and have it on my email. If it, I'm sorry, took <laughs> I took the picture. Right? I, I should say I took the picture of a picture. If you want it, I could email it to you, and you could and you and you could. It, it's it's helpful, right? And you could enlarge it. You know, you could. I thought those were the building plans. This is the building. Yeah, is, everything is right here. Is the code, the key on the bottom, and you could enlarge it. So, for example, over here. I'm just going to use your phone for just a second. So you can see over here the part of a chamber. I mean, you're not going to be able to see it on this. But here's the Mizbeach. This is the area. No one can see this. Uh, yeah, I know what I'm doing over here. Right? So again, so here, here, so you have the Mizbeach. And essentially, if you're looking, if you are looking, if you are looking at the Mizbeach, which means I'm looking past the Mizbeach, ultimately into the ulam, to the left, to the left is a series of chambers. The parva chamber is to my left. It's in the left corner. And on top of the parva chamber is a mikvah. So the Gemara says, so the Mishnah says, parva. they bring him to the base of parva, ube kodesh haisa. And the parva, the parva chamber was in the kodesh. Remember, we have already established that there were certain parts of the mikdash compound that were, that were sanctified and others that were not. The truth is, I realize now I actually can show you this. I could show you the picture of which I took a picture. Here we go. So this is the aerial view of the Beis Hamikdash. The aerial view of the Beis Hamikdash. So the parva chamber, and you can see over here. Just, I'm going to try to find a way to actually xerox this. So yudches, yudches over here. That's the parva chamber. So and if you look, you can't see it, but if you look over here, so there's a little circle on top of the parva chamber that represents a mikvah. There's a mikvah on top over here. So this is in the area called the kodesh. This is already in the sanctified area, and this is where ultimately they will do the immersion of the Quran. Well, so you know, we'll stop over here. We'll pick up the Mirat session with the Mishnah, with the Mishnah tomorrow. Again, just a reminder, tomorrow morning we begin at 5.45. It's a fast day, and therefore, again, you can have coffee. Did you oh, need? The fast starts at 5.37. So maybe, maybe you want to have some pre- uh, Okay, maybe not. Maybe not. Drink, 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 yeah. <laughs> drink coffee on your own. We're gonna tailgate. You bring your own. We should get a, a screen, make a PowerPoint. The truth is, I actually want to look for. I want to see if I could track down. Maybe somebody can make a, like a, a real, like, like large chart. You know, something like like on backing that we could just have over here. You know, are we allowed to reproduce these pictures? I think you can. Like if you look at this picture. Or something. Make a copy of it and they can make a, a poster. Take this to the, I mean, uh, uh, staples or staples or kinkos. Yeah, you never see it. You get it as large as you want. Yeah. Yeah. The question is, do you need to take a picture of it first, or can you bring it in